All right. Man, I got way too much technology going on this morning. <laughs> um, man, I, I am so excited about the message that God has put on my heart to share this morning. And I've been praying that God's going to use this thing not only for our church, but for anybody that tunes in and listens to this message. I just believe that it is uh, a timely word from the Lord, and that it really speaks to the situation that we are currently in with this pandemic. Um, I'm going to be speaking about fear and anxiety. The title of this message is called More Contagious Than Coronavirus. And so I hope that you are ready to hear from God. Um, pray with me, and, and we're going to just go ahead and get started. Father, God, we... Um, we worship you this morning. You are Lord over. Uh, you are Lord over all the earth. You are Lord over pandemics and trials of various kinds. You are Lord over the good times and the bad times. You are Lord over technology. And God, I pray that you would use this situation that our world is in right now for good and for the to further your kingdom and to get much glory. God, I pray that you would strengthen and establish your church through this time. I pray that you would use me as a mouthpiece right now to speak your word. I pray that your hand would be on every person that is listening, that you would soften hearts and prepare hearts, and that you would speak directly to those that you have listening to me in right now. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, if you're just now joining us on this Facebook Live, um, I, I would ask that if you, if you have questions along the way, go ahead and put those in the comments, and we're going to be fielding those, and I hope to be able to answer questions at the end of this message, um, the questions that you guys have. Um, so these are trying times that we're in right now. We are... Uh, all of us feeling the tendency to give way to anxiety. And I don't know what your specific um, hot button is, the thing that's pushing you toward anxiety, but we all have one, things that we're dreading. For many of us who are Christians, our faith is being tested right now. We're questioning, what, God, are you doing in all of this? Um, some of us will be tested in the days ahead in ways that we can't even imagine right now. But um, God is wanting to teach us through all of this. I know that some of you who are listening right now, you are in the healthcare field and you are being tested in ways that you have never been tested before. Some of you right now are awaiting the results of, a, uh, of whether or not you have coronavirus. Others of you have already been told that you have this virus. Some of you have compromised immune system or you're elderly, and you know that it, if you were to catch this thing, it could be deadly for you. Some of you have lost a job or you don't know if your job is going to um, continue. Others of you have been told to stay home and you're not going to get paid for the next several weeks. 
and you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. Some of you have your retirement in the stock market and you see the stock market plunging and you don't know what's going to happen to your retirement. All of these are legitimate concerns, right? These are real concerns. We, we are watching the news unfold and we're watching things happening daily all over the globe that could so easily cause us to panic, could so easily produce in us fear. Some of you right now are terrified just at the prospect of being isolated for the next however many weeks. You, you, can't even, you can't imagine what the loneliness is going to be like in the days ahead. Here's the point. The difficulties that we're facing are real. These are not just imagined difficulties. These are real. The challenges that we're up against are real. This virus really is dangerous. The economy really is taking a beating. Some of you really are losing your jobs. Loneliness and isolation are really difficult to deal with. And so... Maybe you wonder, how is it that people can say, don't be afraid? Maybe you wonder, how is it that people can say, let's not be anxious in the midst of all of this? Is that even realistic? If I'm a Christian, am I supposed to somehow act as though a pandemic is not a big deal? That's the question that we're going to be answering today. Um, what we're going to be learning about today is how fear can so easily cause us to walk away from God or drift away from God. We're going to be looking at Numbers chapter 13. And just to set the stage in Numbers chapter 13, before I get started reading the text, I want to give you the context. In Numbers 13, the Israelites are have been rescued out of Egypt and Moses is their leader and they are in a place where they could go into the promised land and take the land and so they decide to send 12 spies into the land to check out the situation and these 12 spies go into the promised land and their job is basically to come back and say okay here's what we believe would be the best route for us to take the best way forward for us and Basically, out of these 12 spies that go into the land and come back, only two of them come back with a faith-filled report. And the other 10 come back with a fear-filled report. We're going to pick up in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. Numbers 13 and verse 30. It says this. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy the land, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him, the other ten spies, said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report. Now, 
I want to show you three things about fear and three things about faith from this passage. We're going to learn three practical things that we need to know about fear, and we're going to learn three things that we need to know about faith from this passage. Number one thing that I want you to see is that fear feels practical. Fear feels practical. Let's look at what these ten spies who were filled with fear said. They said, they are stronger than we are. They're stronger than we are. And now this is actually true. This was actually true. These people were stronger. They had fortified cities. They were larger armies. They were better equipped than Israel. These things were actually true. It's just that it wasn't the whole story. And so you see, it feels practical. It feels practical to be afraid. They saw rightly that the people of the land were stronger, were better equipped. It's just they weren't seeing the whole story. So when you're tempted to think this virus is deadly, what do you mean don't be afraid? Or I'm really losing my job. What do you mean don't worry about my finances? Remember that the Israelites faced this same test. They faced the same test. They said, they are bigger and stronger than we are. What do you mean, don't be afraid? In the moment, fear feels practical because you are taking into account some things that are true, but you are not taking into account all that is true. Let me say that again. In the moment, fear feels practical because you are taking into account some things that are true, but you are not taking into account all that is true. Only Joshua and Caleb of the 12 spies were able to approach the situation without fear because only Joshua and Caleb took into account all that was true. They took into account the whole story. Let me read to you in Numbers chapter 14. Flip over. One chapter, Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 9. Listen to the way that they saw their situation. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us. He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. That was the rest of the story. That was how Joshua and Caleb took into account all that was true. They said, yes, it's true that they are bigger and stronger, but the Lord has removed their protection from them. Yes, it's true that they're bigger and stronger, but the Lord is with us. They saw the whole picture. 
God had promised them the land. And he had promised to be with them. You see, because the ten spies who saw this without faith were, were not seeing the whole picture, they were comparing the people of the land to themselves. And so, of course, they were afraid. But Joshua and Caleb, who were believing God's promises and who were standing upon the truth, all that was true, were able to compare the people of the land to their God. And they were able to say, the Lord is with us. We have nothing to be afraid of. They were full of courage. Have you been more like the 10 faithless spies in the midst of all of this pandemic? Have you been more like them looking at part of what is true and not the whole story? And not seeing that, yes, this thing can be scary. Yes, we will go through certain trials. But our God is still with us. And his promises are still true. And not one thing that he has said remains, will, will be proven to be untrue. All will be proven to be true in the end. Have you been like Joshua and Caleb, who had their eyes fixed on the Lord, who was with them? And they said, it doesn't matter what it looks like in Canaan. God has given us promises that we can stand on. So number one, the first thing that we learn about fear is that it feels practical, but it isn't taking into account all that's true. The second thing I want to teach you about fear from this passage is that fear comes from unbelief. Fear comes from unbelief. And this is why it's a big deal. Many times we don't understand what, what's the big deal about fear. Why, why not just leave me alone and let me be afraid? Leave me alone and let me be anxious. But you see, fear comes from not trusting God. It comes from unbelief. And unbelief is sin. Remember a definition that I shared with you last week. Tim Keller says that faith is bringing all that I believe to be true about God to bear upon my situation. All that I believe to be true about God to bear upon my job or my sickness or what's happening in the stock market or my isolation. Am I bringing all that I believe to be true about God to bear on my situation? That's faith. The Bible gives us the command, do not fear, more frequently than almost any other command. Do not fear, or some version of that. Do not be anxious. Because it is impossible to trust God and to be afraid at the same time. It's impossible to trust him and be afraid at the same time. You know, in our day and age, we have bought the lie that we are victims of fear and anxiety. We bought the lie that we have no responsibility in the matter, that these that fear is something that comes at us, that attacks us, and we are we have no responsibility in the matter. But the Bible over and over again commands us not to be afraid, not to be anxious. Matthew chapter six in the Sermon on the Mount 
talks all about, Jesus talks all about not being anxious about our life in light of how good God is. That he's our father who provides for us and cares for us and protects us. In Luke chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, it says, There are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Fear shows us that we are not trusting God. And the thing that you fear will reveal idols in your life. If you fear when your bank account gets low, then it shows that you have an idol of money. If you fear when your health is at risk, it shows that you have an idol of your health. If you, if you fear when something is happening to your kids, it, it shows that you probably made your children into an idol. If you fear when your comfort or your security is at risk, it shows that you've got an idol of comfort and security. So fear is an evidence that we are not trusting God, that he is not the one that we see is in control of it all. Look at what Numbers 14.9 says to show us how God views it when we are afraid and anxious. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land. Verse 11, and the Lord said to Moses, this is how God saw their fear, their panic. How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them. God looked at their panic and their fear and their trembling. And he said, they don't believe me. They've forgotten all that I have done for them. This is how God sees it. When we look at our difficulties and forget that he is with us and that he is for us. Number three, the last thing I want to show us about fear. Fear is contagious. Fear is more contagious than the coronavirus. Let's look at what happens because of the unbelief of these 10 spies when they bring back the bad report to the people of Israel. Numbers 14, verses 2 through 3. It says that all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, whether we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Because of the unbelief of ten spies, a nation of over a million people became unbelieving. The whole congregation of Israel preferred 
that they go back into slavery in Egypt than that they face what God had put them in the place to do. Some of you, you are normally full of faith. Some of you are normally filled with expectation of what God is going to do. These last weeks, they have tested you. And you're looking at what's happening in the world right now, and you have been afraid, and you don't know why. You feel anxious instead of at peace. You feel worried. You feel distant from God. You feel unsure that he has this situation in the palm of his hand. And you don't know why. I want to help you understand why. It's because fear is contagious. And just as the coronavirus spreads through germs, through someone touching a surface with their with germs on their hand or someone coughing nearby another person, fear spreads through words. And some of you, you have been filling your mind with fear from the news reports, fear from your social media feed, fear from your friends and your family instead of fixing your eyes on Jesus and fixing your eyes on the promises of God's word. And so you have been infected with fear. In Deuteronomy, 40 years after this scene that we just saw in Numbers, the Israelites are given the chance once again to enter into the promised land. Because of their unbelief in Numbers 13 and 14, God does not allow them to go into the promised land. And that entire generation passes away in the wilderness. And in Deuteronomy, a new generation is now ready to go into the promised land and take the promised land. And Moses is standing before them and giving them instructions before they go into the promised land. And listen to what God says to them through Moses before they go into the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, says, When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or be in panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for your enemies, to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. And now look down at verse 8. Listen to this, verse 8. Deuteronomy 8. And the officers shall speak further to the people and say, Is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. Did you catch that? 
Do you see what God does here? God places in quarantine those who are filled with fear so that they would not infect the rest of Israel by their unbelief. Any man who is fearful and faint-hearted, let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. We take it very seriously that the coronavirus is spreading like wildfire through our society. So seriously that we are willing to quarantine the entire world to keep it from spreading. And yet fear, which is more contagious than COVID-19, we treat as though it were nothing. And not only is it more contagious, it's more dangerous because it infects your very soul. So what do we do? What do we do? Because your faith, listen to me, your faith is more important than your health. Your health is important, and I hope you're taking precautions. But I am not overstating this. Your soul, your faith is more important than your health. So I want to I want to help you safeguard your faith at all costs. I want to give you three things that we can learn from this passage about faith. Number one, faith remembers that God is with me. Faith remembers that God is with me. Look at Numbers 14 again in verse 9. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. The thing that gives Israel the confidence to not fear the armies that are larger than them, that are better equipped, that have more fortified cities, the thing that gives them their confidence is what? That God is with them. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. In other words, your strength and your courage in the days ahead must come from knowing that God is with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. Now, I want to ask this question. How do we have confidence in God? Where does our confidence come from? How can I be sure that God is with me? How can I be sure that he will never leave me or forsake me? I point you to Romans 8.32. This is where our confidence comes from. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? My confidence 
that God is with me and he will not leave me is that he gave his own son for me. How will he not with him give me all things? How would he ever leave me or forsake me? He gave me his son. How would Jesus ever leave me or forsake me? He gave me his life. Our confidence in this pandemic. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care if right now you've already got COVID-19. I don't care if your whole family has it. Where is your confidence going to come from? That God gave his son for you. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. See, the Bible teaches that because we've sinned against him, our sin created a great separation between us and a holy, perfect God. And the Bible teaches that there was no way that we could get back to God on our own. No, no good works that we could do to get back to him. And so God made a way for us. He came for us. He bridged the gap. The way that he did that was he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. And Jesus Christ came and he lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He never rebelled. And then he went to the cross and he took our place on the cross. He died. He took nails through his hands and his feet. He took a beating for us. He suffered for us. He was separated from the Father for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sin and rebellion against God. He was buried. And on the third day, conquering sin and death, Jesus rose from the grave. And he offers life to every person who would, who would turn from their sin and doing life their own way and turn to God, turn to Christ in faith and throw up the white flag of surrender and say, I'm done doing it my way. I want to do it your way. I put my trust in you. I want my sins forgiven. I want peace. I want joy. And there's people who are listening to this. You're listening to this right now, and you haven't done that. You don't have this peace because you are stiff-arming God by your pride. You are stiff-arming God, and you're saying, I want my way. I'm going to do it my way. But you know deep down it's not working. You know that you're afraid. You know that you're, you have no joy. You have no peace. That's so I plead with you. Turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Let him forgive you of all your sin and give you a new heart. Our confidence to remember that God is with us no matter what is in the cross. And if you've never turned to Jesus, you can do that right now in faith. And you can have this confidence no matter what you face. Face that God is with you and He will never leave you.
The next thing I want to show us about faith is that faith is shown to be real when it's tested. Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb looked just like the other ten spies up until the point that they were tested. And at the point that they were tested, when they had to stand before Israel and give a report of the land, suddenly, because they had faith, they stood out. Their faith was being shown to be real. It's easy for us to say we have faith, right? It's easy for us to go to church or to claim that we have faith. But it's when things get tough that our faith is shown to be real or not. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. Many of us are being tested through what we're going through right now to know so that God can see what's really in our hearts. We have a choice in our situation. We can choose fear or we can choose faith. Fear looks at the trials in front of us, the things that we're facing, and sees only potential failure. But faith looks at what we are facing, and it sees opportunity for God to show up and be glorified. You know, all through the Bible, God uses challenges to be glorified, challenges to show his might. And I believe he is looking at this global pandemic, and he sees it as an opportunity to show his might to the world. So when things get tough, we find out what we really believe. We find out if our faith is just talk or if our faith is genuine. Last thing I want us to see about faith is that faith is contagious. Just like fear is contagious, faith is also contagious. When the spies infected the nation of Israel with unbelief, they used words to describe their situation in such a way that it robbed Israel of their courage. Their words robbed Israel of their courage in God. In other words, their words discouraged the nation of Israel. And as a result, that generation did not get to enter into the promised land. But as I said, a new generation was raised up. And this time, before they enter into the promised land, God gives them that warning that we read in Deuteronomy 20, that if, if any man was filled with fear, he should go back to his house. He should quarantine himself so that he didn't infect anyone with his fear. And a new leader, Joshua, is raised up to take Moses' place. And before Joshua leads the people of Israel into the promised land, God uses encouraging words to build Joshua's faith so that he can in turn infect the people of Israel, not with fear, but with faith.
Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is what God tells Joshua. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. There it is again. This is the confidence that God wants us to have. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you, verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see what God is doing. Forty years earlier, the whole nation got infected with fear from the ten spies. And now God says, I'm sending a new leader forward, Joshua. And before I send him forward, I am going to infect him with faith. I'm going to speak encouraging words to him. So that he can turn and infect the people with faith. When we do this, it's called encouraging one another. When we speak to each other in such a way as to increase each other's courage, it is called encouragement. You know, many of you, you're, you hear that and you think, you know, it'd be easy if I was Joshua, if I could hear a word directly from God to encourage me. Sure, I'd have all kinds of courage now. Believer, you can. You can hear a word directly from God through his word. The Bible is God's word to you. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. God speaks his encouragement to you to build your faith through his word, through his promises. It is God breathed. It is the very mind of God. So every time you read God's word, you are filling your mind with God's encouragement. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. By meditating on the promises of God, your mind is literally renewed. The world is in panic. The world is in fear. But God says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And our minds can be renewed by his word. So we're built up in our faith by the word of God. And then we can turn and spread our faith to others through words of encouragement. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13 says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, 
that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, during this time when the news feed is filling us with fear, and our friends are filling us with fear, or our neighbors are filling us with fear, we need all the more as the church to stand together, to make that phone call or to set up that, that Zoom meeting with a friend in the church and say, I want to encourage you in the Lord. I want to encourage you with his word. As long as it is called today, the Bible says, we're to do this every day. So, in conclusion, let's treat, let's treat the spread of fear as seriously as we are treating the spread of COVID-19. Because it is dangerous. And whatever threatens to pull us away from God, to rob us of our trust in him, is dangerous to our soul. So if I hear someone speaking faithless words, fear-filled words, then my guard needs to go up. If, if I come across a fear-filled story in the news, I, my guard needs to go up. It's, it's, not, it's not denying the truth of what's happening. It's just taking into account the whole story that God is with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. And my confidence people of faith. Vigilant to protect ourselves from the deadly disease of unbelief and fear. Let's stay constantly in the scriptures, not forgetting that we have been delivered from our sins by the cross of Jesus Christ. And if he, if God has given us his son, will he not with him give us all things? God is for us. He will never leave us or forsake us. We have nothing to fear. Pray with me, and then I'd love to take some questions from you if you have any questions that you would like for me to answer. Heavenly Father, God, I believe your word. I believe this is a word for your church. And I pray, God, that you would use it, that you would be glorified, that you would instill courage in your people today. Do a work in us, Lord. Help us to lay down our fear. Help us to lay down our anxieties. May we be a light in darkness. God, may our faith, now that it is being tested, may it be shown to be real to the glory and praise of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, um, I'm going to take one of our first questions here. One of our first questions that's coming up is, is it, be, is it possible to be anxious and still have faith in God? Is it possible to be anxious and still have faith in God? That's a great question. And the answer, I think, the best answer comes from Philippians Chapter four. Would you hand me a Bible? Um, 
the the thing that matters here is really what we do with our anxiety. Um, the, the Bible has much to say about anxiety, um, but one of the go-to passages is found in Philippians. Chapter 4. And it says this, rejoice. This is um, Philippians 4, verse starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 